Thank you, Melissa. Amen. That is just the truth. And I, and I might tack on to that. Anytime you're tempted to worry, say a prayer. Because that's that, that way it puts you constantly right there. Instead of continuing the worry. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That's not easy to do. Well, I'd like to open our sermon with prayer. We uh, like to ask you, Father in heaven, for the blessing on this sermon to inspire me and to inspire the hearing also, so that each individual one of us receives the blessing lesson you would like us to learn. And thank you for the lesson that we've received through you, through Melissa from you. And we'd like to thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, today, um, let me get to my, I'm going high tech today, so pray for it. (laughs) Got it all on my laptop today. (laughs) And I tethered into my internet right here, so. The sermon today, I'd like to um, bring out Psalms 46, verse 10. Psalms 46, verse 10. The part that says, Be still and know I am God. Okay. Don't act up on me now. It worked at home. (laughs) Psalms 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. From there, I went to Joshua. Now, I'm thinking, what do we have to do? It says, be still. What is still? You can be still in many ways. You can be still in your mind while you're walking. You can be still when you're standing. Or excuse me, you're sitting. But the kind of stillness that this is referring to is the kind that gets you in contact with God. It's more of a a meditation so we can hear his, his teachings and so that we can know he is God. But to, in order to know that, we have to prepare. It's just not something we go, oh, okay, I know he's God. But how do you know? There's preparation involved. Even in the battle of Jericho, where they stood, they had to prepare. That's Joshua chapter 6. I'm going to start in in verse 1. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. They had to be still and know that he is God in this chapter. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men, Do this for six days. 
have, a, have seven priests carry trumpets of ram, ram's horns in front of the ark, and on the seventh day march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up and everyone straight in. Now, how did they become prepared? Well, first of all, you see they had to carry the ark with them, the ark of the covenant. What's in the ark of the covenant? The law of God. Now, they didn't have God in them as we do. They had God around, around them and in the camp but they didn't have the Holy Spirit, so they don't have God in them. We have God in us. Therefore, we prepare even more than they can, but they had to carry the law of God, the word of God, with them on the outside. We have the word of God in us. Jesus Christ is the word of God. They prepared by carrying the word of God with them in front of them every time, and then they had to walk. They had to walk with the word of God. We have to walk with Jesus to become prepared to be still and know that he is God. When, he, when, when they walked along with the word, they didn't really know what they were doing. They were just doing what they were commanded to do. Now, this wasn't a, a battle victory. This was a ceremonial victory. And, uh, let's see, where did I see that? They had to be humbled, that's what it was. Excuse me, I have sinus drainage. It's, it's driving me nuts with allergies. Oh, I apologize for it. I can't help it. I've tried everything. <laughs> I'm sure that you've all had times in your life, like with Melissa, where you had to be still and know. And Melissa didn't know what I was going to talk about, and I didn't know, so I know that God worked that out because it, it goes with my sermon. She had to be still and know that he is God, so he, she didn't worry. Then, there's that, like I said, there's that preparation. Now, what does that do for us when we're prepared? That gives us faith, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, they had faith while things were happening. Then they'd stray off a little bit because they got plenty. It's funny, they forgot God more with blessings. Our country does the same thing. When there's a disaster, everybody goes to church. The moment everything's fine, you go everywhere else. They did the same thing. They would do the same exact thing. You would think it would be the other way around. That we'd be close to God when we have blessings. 
But we have a tendency to forget then. Then something happens and we start to worry. And God says, be still and know that I'm God. He's saying, be quiet. It's a rebuke. Be still. It's not the first place comfort for the harassed, but a rebuke to the restless, turbulent world. Quiet, he's saying. Quiet. Be quiet. Leave off. Stop it. I've got, got it under control. He had the battle of Jericho under control. They didn't do anything but what he said. This battle was to show them that he is God, but not just them. It showed the citizens of Jericho that he is God. And when we are prepared and we are still and we know that we show God people that we know that he is God, they know it too. It's none of us can be still and know God without preparation, as I said. They had the ark. And it's an Exodus that shows what was in the ark. Exodus twenty five, sixteen shows that what was in the ark was the law of the covenant, the covenant of the law, tablets of the covenant of the law, which we call the Ten Commandments, but it was more involved because they had all the other laws involved with the um, health laws and everything also, but the laws that had to do with the word of God were what they took with them. They walked with God. We have to walk with God. Only he walks with us in us, to help us prepare. One of the ways that we can prepare is in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 13 through 17. The whole armor of God. We have to put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 13. Ephesians 6.13 Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, you stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the truth. With the breastplate of righteousness in place, that's Jesus Christ because he is righteousness and he gives us his righteousness. Fitted with your fit, fit, and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That can also be preparedness. Readiness, when you're prepared, you're ready. And that gospel of peace is the word of God, which we are blessed to have in the Bible. And, many, and in, if you get on the internet, you can get any translation. I am blessed to have this program called Logos. And it's, about, it's all a Bible study program. 
has all the commentaries, the lexicons, the concordances, and every Bible translation available to me. It's a blessing that the apostles could only dream of. And the Christians down through the years would have given anything to have, even one Bible. And in many parts of the world, they still feel that way. They don't have Bibles. Just they can go down to Ollie's and get one. You know, you, you can go, we can go just about anywhere and get a Bible. It's such a blessing. We can be prepared with the Word of God at our fingertips. Now, Melissa has an absolutely brilliant brain. She has the Bible memorized. I, how did she ever do that? I have to look it up. <laughs> then I have to try to think of the right word to get to the right scripture. <laughs> Terribly hard for me to memorize. It's really amazing. I think, and so she's prepared. Then we have, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith. Now we all have our faith wane once in a while. We forget and we drop our shield a little. It happens. That's when we start to worry. Things happen to us. But then when we come through it, our, our faith, our shield gets bigger and stronger and thicker. And we have a stronger faith shield to put up. And to help with that, we link with other Christians who are prepared. In the battle of Jericho, not one soldier went out. They didn't, not just one soldier, not just the priest with the ram's horns, not just the people carrying the, the Levi's who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. But the whole army of Israel went out with their shields linked. They stood together. Now they didn't say a word. That probably gave the citizens a psychological scare. They're all just standing there just looking at them. Just complete silence. Not a word. Because this was God's battle to win, not theirs. He was giving it to them. He was giving the battle to them, and he will give the battle to us when we are prepared and we go out and we don't have to blast people with the gospel. They didn't blast out their words. But when it's time, the Holy Spirit speaks out, and that's in the form of the ram's horn. That ram's horn represents the word of God being blasted through the Holy Spirit. When it was time, the priest blew those horns, those shofars. It's a very long horn that comes out, and it took a lot of power and strength to carry it and blow it. Not anybody could do that. They had to have special training to uh, blow the shofar, which is also called a ram's horn. They blew that thing, they shouted, and then the walls of Jericho fell. And it wasn't because of their shouting, 
When you hear people talk about like on a History Channel or something, they think that the shouting did it. Now, no one could shout hard enough to knock down brick walls or whatever they were made of. There's not enough sound vibration. That shout was to show the power of God coming through. The spirit. When, my, when I take karate, my sensei tells me, remember, spirit is everything. You've got to have the spirit behind the shout. Your spirit is everything. And I think, yes, I have the Holy Spirit. Shout that Holy Spirit. He tells me, you've got great spirit. I says, yes, thank you. I have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> He's not a Christian, but he just kind of rolls his eyes and, okay, Nora, whatever you say. Like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I just go on with it. And shout it out there. Well, that's what they did. And in karate, it's called your kia, but it means spirit. When you go, I know people think it's funny that I take karate, but it's fun, and I've lost a lot of weight, and I'm developing muscle because of it. My uh, doctor calls me Pastor Kickbutt. <laughs> she said I could say something else, but then you might have to kickbutt me for swearing. <laughs> I said, she says, you can kick anybody's butt in a sin. And I says, well, I'd be missing the whole point there, Doc, because uh, God wants me to forgive them, not kick their butt. <laughs> and that's what she says. She likes to tease me and call me that. She said, keep doing it. It'll build your bones strong and your muscles. But I think it's fun. I've never had fun exercising before. But the spirit, he always tells us, the spirit is the most important. It comes with, from within you. Now, everybody has a spirit, but when you have the Holy Spirit linked to that spirit, then you've got something that nothing can conquer because you've got God inside of you. And that's what God wants, and we have to be prepared. And that's why putting on that whole, whole armor of God does that. Then you take... The shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, no matter what is thrown at you. If you can remember to hold that shield up, and if your shield's getting a little weak and you're having trouble, you come to church, or you call your friends in church, or or you Facebook them, or you text them, and you tell them what's going on, you link your shield with them. That's what it's for. You link and build each other's faith that way so that you're all prepared and we're all prepared and the time comes which is different for everybody from moment to moment to moment we're always being something happening to one or the other of us but when um, Dave and Jennifer's nephew had that happen first thing they did get on Facebook and get everybody to pray when we're linking our faith, our shield of faith together with his when we did that. Then you take the helmet of salvation, who's our savior? Jesus Christ. And we become prepared with the helmet of salvation because you can't do any of it unless you have salvation because then you receive the Holy Spirit. God is our Savior. 
and you put the helmet of salvation on, the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit and you're protected. Your head is protected and the Holy Spirit protects you. Excuse me. Then you have the sword of the Spirit, which is also Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Every bit of this armor is Jesus Christ. When you have Jesus Christ, you put on the armor. It's not individual separate pieces. All of it together from head to toe, inside and out, is Jesus Christ protecting us and giving us strength so that we are prepared to stand and know that he is God. And he points to the Father so we know he is God. And they give us the Holy Spirit and we know he is God. And then we have the Trinity and nothing and no one And nothing can defeat us when we have that. We are covered. We are prepared. And we will win every battle of Jericho thrown at us. Because it's not us winning it. It's God's battle. And if we can remember that and not get in his way, which is the difficult part, try to solve it ourselves, then we end up with a big problem when I, we try to get in God's way. When we get in God's way, none of it works. If we, and when God told them to shout in the battle of Jericho, he, they shouted, they blew the ram's horn, and the walls fell in. Not because of their shouting, but because God did it, and he was showing them. They know he's God, The citizens saw it and were so scared and they knew that the God of Israel was coming to get them. The only ones that didn't get got were Rahab's relatives because she protected them. She admitted that he was the God of Israel and protected the Israelites when they came to Jericho, when the spies came. And they promised her, we won't, God won't, And God will honor a promise from us too. Because those spies promised her that God would spare her. They didn't ask him if that was what, what he would do. They promised and God honored their promise because of what she did for them. People that help us, we can't just go willy nilly promising. It has to be a sincere, but God will keep our promises for us. Excuse me. What happens when we are still? We hear the peace of God. God steps in and is exalted in our lives, and we see the results as the Israelites did at the Battle of Jericho. Then the next thing that happens is those around us see the results as the citizens of Jericho did. Now, they were scared and they didn't live through it. Because they didn't, it wasn't tie, it wasn't God's will for all of them to live through it. But when people see the results of us winning, we have to remember something also that's very important: to give God the glory. We have to exalt Him. 
We don't say, oh yeah, I did it. No, God did it for us. He made this happen. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment, but it wasn't me. That takes courage. Because people might think you're a nut. But who cares? God doesn't think you're a nut. (laughs) Of course, maybe he likes nuts. (laughs) I do. I like almonds and peanuts and cashews. and (laughs) So God likes nuts. Who cares? (laughs) We're all a little bit nutty. So we have, to, we have to stand in the day of battle. We have to be prepared in the day of battle, which is every second of every day. We have to have the battle armor of Jesus on us, which is the whole armor of God, which is him. It's not like one part of us, Jesus, like salvation and not the rest. Salvation brings the rest of the armor. And we're supposed to read the word of God and keep that armor on us and in us and be in contact with Jesus and walk with him. Because they walked with him. They just didn't know they were doing it. We do. At least we should. Because the Holy Spirit tells us that. We will be blessed with victory. The victory will not be permanent, though, if we don't exalt and give glory to God for it. He can take the victory away. Let us go through the trial again, or a worse trial. But we must say, this glory goes with God. God did this for me. Just like he did for Me going to college. I didn't do that. I had to go through and prepare. But he gave me the the path to follow. I was telling Nevin yesterday, we were talking about this. I says, I thought that the Israelites had a little bit of an advantage at the Battle of Jericho. Joshua told them what was going to happen, what to do, what path to follow. When we're trying to follow a path that we think God has given us, we don't always know what that clear path is. Like you stop, start one place and you think you're disappointed, and the next time like they told me no at one college, I got upset. Here I called the registrar. She sent me to another college. It turned out to be the right one. But some of the time, Joshua told them, you're going to win this battle. This is how you're going to win this battle. God is going to do this. He's given us the victory. Now this is what you've got to do. You've got to march your path around Jericho the first day. Not a word. Go home. Back to camp. Go out day two. March around Jericho. Not a word. Day three. Day four. Day five. Day six. By then they must be urging them, wanting to shout so bad. 
<laughs> well, like day seven, God says, okay, walk around. Now you can shout to heart, your heart's content when you hear the sound of the shofar. I told Nevin, I says, good thing I wasn't there. <laughs> I might have been in trouble. <laughs> Take a lot. Keep quiet. If I'd have had to, I would have done it because when I'm a chaplain, I do that. <laughs> I actually sit there quiet and listen to what people have to say and don't say a word. It's like my other self coming out. Then I get home and dump it all on Nevin and he hears me go. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I kind of get kind of get stored up like they did. They had six days of silence stored up. All of a sudden, they got the shouted out. But their path was made clear to them. But they still had to have faith to do it, even though it was a clear path set out before them, because it was scary. They were unarmed for the most part, except, um, well, they had the armor, but they went around and they just had the shofar and the Ark of the Covenant, and they're standing there in the open. No, like, barrier between them, except for the walls. the citizens could have shot arrows or whatever at them. So they had to have faith that God was going to protect them. But when we have a path set out before us, or we, we think we do, that's another thing, do we? We have to make sure that's the right path. But we don't have anyone telling us that real clear. Walk around six days, shout on the seventh day, this is what's going to happen. So I think it takes a little more faith for that to step out and go, okay, I'm going to, excuse me, attempt to follow the path that you want me to go. Show me what it is. I hope I'm following the right path. Well, that's where prayer. In, the, in verse 18 of Ephesians 6, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That's thank yous, um, sad prayers, happy prayers, rejoicing prayers, requests, any kind of request. That's how you find out if God really wants you to have it. Because sometimes he says no. Some of the time he says yes. Some of the time he says Maybe. Wait and see. I heard uh, years, I think I was about 18, 19, I heard, you know how sometimes you hear a sermon that makes an impression on you out of, like it was meant for you and you, and you remember it? I mean, I was, I'm going to be 60 this year and I could still remember the sermon that I heard when I was about 18 or 19 years old. That's a long time for that. That's how much impression this the sermon I heard made on me. And it was about yes, no, and maybe. People think that God only answers yes and no. But we tell our children maybe some of the time, let's see how things turn out, let's see if you're going to do what we want, things like that. So then sometimes it's a no and sometimes it's a, it's a yes. People think if God doesn't heal you in this lifetime, he's telling you no. But that's not true either. 
Because when you go into eternity, you're not going to be sick. You're going to be healed. So some of the time it's in the future. But he always heals. There's never a time where God doesn't heal. It's just not always when we want it. So the prayers are all kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests. God knows before we ask. He loves us. He knows what we want. He knows if it's good for us. We have to have faith and be prepared for him to answer because some of the time you get an answer and it's overpowering and you can't contain it and you think, whoa, what what did I ask for this for? That happens to people too. Not a lot, but it does happen. And it says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying, not for yourself, just for yourself, not just for your immediate family, but for all the Lord's people. Now, does that mean we just pray for Christians? No, it doesn't mean that. Whether people know it or not, every human being who has existed, will exist, or does exist, is God's child. Not everyone has accepted that fact. So we pray for everyone. That is what that means. At least I think that's what that means. That's why you pray for people who aren't Christians. You want them to become Christians. When something happens in their life because you're praying for them, then you give the glory to God. And then you pray also for the ministers, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. See, it takes courage. The courage comes from God. The people in the battle of Jericho had to have the courage to step out there, be totally exposed to the enemy, and walk around and not say a word. Just stare them down. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. There's times we we pass up times and we look back and we go, oh, that was the perfect time for me to say that. Why didn't I say that? It's too late. The moment has passed and you can't go back. I had an interesting conversation with an atheist not too long ago. I don't believe in anything she declared. I, then she proceeded to tell me, I believe. I believe there's no God. I believe this. I believe. Seven statements where I said, she said, I believe. I says, you know, I really admire your, your strength and your courage. And those are some strong statements of belief. And I stopped there. 
I kind of said, there's some things afterwards I thought, oh, that would have been a perfect time to say that. Too late. <laughs> it's frustrating when that happens. But some of the time it's because it takes courage to say it, and some of the time it doesn't come to you at the time. And you have to determine what that is, because if it doesn't come to you at the time, maybe God didn't want you to say it. He didn't, like he didn't want them to, to say anything until it was time. Then there's the times that you are supposed to say something. Now, what if they did not shouted like God told them to because they were afraid? Excuse me. I hate these allergies. <laughs> then they wouldn't have been able to stand and they wouldn't have known that he was God and citizens of Jericho wouldn't have known it either. We have to remember to be prepared and do as Psalms 46.10 says, be still. Inwardly, outwardly, know that God has this, that we are following the right path because we put on the armor of God, which is Jesus. And then we know that he is God and when we give him the glory, others know by our example that he is God. 